Well, it's going to be very hard for me not to sing this whole time because I'm just so used to doing that with you. I know. <laughs> Live your life, you know? <laughs> Hi, friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Hi guys and welcome to episode 2 featuring Amy Pratt. Amy and I were roommates in Nashville about two years ago and I lived with her during this time where she really was um, journeying on the body positivity movement and identifying a lot of things in her life that she had believed in and constructed that maybe weren't benefiting her anymore, specifically in the realm of what she could and could not do as a self-proclaimed fat girl. She really always wanted to hike and be in nature, but felt that she couldn't because she was fat. And she talks a lot about her journey of identifying that and then also just really deconstructing those lies that she believed in. She says that she Googled fat girls hiking and from there just jumped in to a bunch of these hikes with people she didn't know, which is amazing to me. So she talks today about her journey where she is now, where she's come from, what she has found surprising and difficult, as well as what she would say to people who maybe are on this journey themselves. So it's an awesome episode, lots of wisdom here. So without further ado, here is Amy Pratt. All right, Amy, introduce yourself. I am a 35-year-old fat, white, single woman, Mm -hmm. and I'm a nanny to an almost two and almost four-year-old. Who are adorable. They are adorable. I've been with them since they were pretty much born, and so it's like having children, but I get to sleep all that I want. (laughs) Ugh, I heard that. I really heard that, because I think it is appropriate to nap when the kids nap. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I was a nanny, I was like, okay, nap time for our pal. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I nap at least three out of five, like, days a week. (laughs) So good. It's just so good. Yeah, so we love the Enneagram all up in this business, and you are what number? I'm a nine. Mm-hmm. And tell the people what that means who may not be familiar with Enneagram. The nine is called the Peacemaker, which sounds, you know, really sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but if a nine is not being uh, aware of themselves, being a peacemaker can look like avoiding conflict and creating false peace. two years ago ish and you sort of started at least to me it seemed like you were starting on this journey of body positivity and just sort of being awakened is that is that a word awakened awakened yeah that feels right awakened awakened. I kind of like awoken to be honest with you um (laughs) but you had really I guess kind of would you say it's fair to say that you kind of tripped into it, or was it like an intentional journey into body positivity as well as sort of deconstructing and reconstructing a lot of things in your life? I absolutely tripped into it. Mm. I tend to be a person, I'm not a big goal setter, goals sound scary to me, but I am a person that will sit 
Yeah. So you, you, I know, because I know you, that you have always kind of wanted to be a hiker. So take us on the journey of wanting that, feeling like you couldn't have that, and then where you are now. I have always wanted to be a hiker, and I've tried a few times growing up. I had a really traumatic experience in high school, hiking something way out of my ability. I ended up passing out. I had to be dragged out of a canyon. Oh, bless. It it was really, really dramatic. Um, So obviously I didn't hike for a long time. And then the people that I chose to try to hike with were kind of going at their own pace. And it was more about fitness and, like, achieving something, like a workout. And I couldn't really keep up, and so it wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. And I left thinking, like, yeah, I can never hike. Mm. So was it, do you think it was because you were with the wrong people or did you sort of internalize that? I think it was probably a little bit of both. I mean, I didn't do a ton of hiking because it was intimidating. And then when someone would like basically drag me out, I already had that this isn't for me attitude, Mm. which was then like just on top of the actual fact that we just weren't a well-matched hiking pair. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and so t- you had this traumatic experience where you're like, I want to be a hiker, and then you try it, and it's like, ooh, this did not go well. And then you kind of, you went through this time, right, where you weren't hiking because, tell us why. Why Why did you not do the hiking thing after that? To me, I, I never thought about hiking alone. I thought that was something, you know, really fit, trained people do. So I always just thought it would be, kind of a group thing and I was always so afraid I was going to be lost people would be irritated because I wasn't keeping up or they would hear me breathing so hard and think I was going to (laughs) die which that's valid (laughs) but you know you can you don't have to talk you can breathe heavy it's fine that's right that's right so I think part of it was expectations part of it was um actual lived experience and then just kind of a general mindset yeah so what happened then I mean because I know now that you have hiked what how many how many hikes would you say you've gone on can you even count I know last year I know I hiked to I want to say 17 different waterfalls and the year before that I think I did 30 something hikes wow I went from zero hikes to hiking you know several times a month and so I just kind of went all in. <laughs> yeah, so tell us about that. Like, how did you do that? Where did you start? Well, um, the spring of 2016, I was reading a lot of books written by thru-hikers that were just um, telling their stories of hiking the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Coast Trail. And I was mainly just reading those because I just enjoy the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually end up doing a lot of emotional work as you read their story, even like without the blisters you don't have to yes. actually do the physical work I love no it. yes for sure <laughs> so I was reading those books and it was reading those stories that I realized people of all body sizes fitness levels like when they hike it's hard on their bodies they have injuries they have to tape uh, their knees they have blisters and chafing and all these things and that may seem really obvious, but 
maybe this isn't totally out of the realm of possibility. Hmm. I really love that because I think, I really feel like that's a good metaphor for life because whatever it is, we get this idea that we are the only ones who experience fill in the blank. Like it's probably just us because of this, that, and the other, and whatever the reason might be, whether you're fat or not, I think we can all get caught up in like, well, I'm probably the only one who struggles with this thing. And then for you to have that realization, you know, you said it might be intuitive for some people, but it wasn't for me. I think a lot of times it's not intuitive to say like, oh, other people get blisters on hikes simply because a hike is hard and like you wear crazy hiking shoes sometimes and they're not natural. And I just think that's such a good metaphor because I think anytime we do something in life that might be outside of what we think is possible for us, there is going to be a quote blister along the way. You like what I did there? You see what I did? (laughs) So I like that. That's really cool. So then you started, you're reading these books and you're coming to these realizations of like, hey, maybe I could do it. And what did you do from there? Well, I did what all people our age do and that is Google it. (laughs) Oh, yes. I think I literally Googled like fat hiking or something because, you know, you want to get a little bit of gear or something like that. And it's not the easiest thing to do if you're not um, straight sized or like, you know, normal store size. Mm. If you have any plus to your size, it can be a challenge to find things. So I was kind of setting out just to see what kind of gear that I could get for myself or like what I needed and other people's experiences. And I ran across um, an Instagram account called Fat Girls Hiking. And I started following that account and it's basically just picture after picture of awesome people who you might not expect to be hiking hiking and experiencing all of these incredible mountaintops and waterfalls and like crazy scenery and it's just so encouraging because you're like oh my gosh that person kind of looks like me if they can do that I can do that you know Mm, yeah that's so cool I found I found fat girls hiking um and then I think it was on my 33rd birthday I decided okay I'm gonna try a solo hike Oh, yes. And then I ended up at the most beautiful waterfall I'd seen up to that point. And I just remember thinking, wow, like, I cannot believe this is my life. Like, this is something I've always wanted. And here I am sitting beside this waterfall on my birthday. <laughs> oh, man. That is pretty amazing. So what did you do, if anything? Because you went from, I, I just think it's so interesting because you, you literally went from, like, kind of one extreme to the other, right? Like, I know that it was a gradual process and there were definite steps, but you, you've told us that you went from really wanting to do it to feeling like you couldn't, and then you discover Fat Girls Hiking and then reading these books and you're Googling and then you go. So was there anything you did as far as, I guess, mentally more than anything? Because the obvious choices of, like, needing the gear and stuff like that, um, but I'm more interested in what you did mentally to prepare or did you just jump in and say, like, I'm doing this thing? Um, thing 
Fun Will Tell Fat Girls by Jess Baker. Mm. And that book exploded my brain yeah. in every good and bad way possible. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think from those experiences of believing like, okay, other people that look like me are doing this, maybe I can, shifted into like, yeah, I probably can, I'm going to try. And then on top of that, sort of having the mental breakdown of um, my body's not bad. Mm. Maybe I could actually like my body. Maybe I could partner with my body. Um, And just sort of the unraveling of diet culture and a lot of um, cultural expectations about who hikes, who does physical things, who goes out into nature. Mm. All of those things kind of interesting what you said and I know it to be true is that a lot of times our body and our minds are very separate beings and I find it so fascinating that you chose something because not every fat person or you know whatever it is they don't always think let's go be physical right I've heard my other friends who are in the body positive movement talk a lot about how the disconnect between mind and body can be very challenging to overcome and so I I love that you chose something that literally literally requires you to be in touch with your body you know and you in the process of choosing to go be physical had to learn how to listen to your body right I mean you have to you said the cadence really helps you process things so I think that's so interesting that you went to something physical to help you like maybe connect those things and maybe that was a subconscious choice maybe you didn't do that on purpose but I think that's cool I do think it was probably an intuitive choice, which is also part of that whole thing and nine thing. Yes. A hidden intuition. Yes. Um, so I think it was sort of a gut response without actually thinking, oh, I think these things would really go together well. Um, but it was like making that first intuitive decision that like I am one part, like I'm one whole, I'm not pieces. Yeah. Which is something I've done my entire life was to segment myself into like, you know, my mental mental part of me is really awesome and great. The physical part, I'm just going to have to deal with, and I hate you, but mm. you're here. So, yeah, integrating mind and body, I think, has been huge in my healing, and hiking just sort of kept it up. Yeah. Well, and I've heard you talk before about um, the transition of going to hating your body to being neutral about your body to liking your body to loving your body. Did you find that to be true? Because I've heard other people talk about that as well. Well, when I first heard the term body positivity, I sort of jumped 1,000% in the deep end and was just like, yeah, I'm going to learn to love my roles and such marks. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that some people can get there and stay there. For me, I definitely have days where I look in the mirror and I think, you know what? Like, Well, first of all, body positivity, like generally speaking, it could be boiled down. 
all bodies are good bodies. Yeah. So, I completely agree with that, but every day, you're not able to live in that space. It's sure. <laughs> in my experience. So, body neutrality is more of, you know, when you're having kind of a rough body day, you look in the mirror and you say, okay, like, this is my body, what are we going to do together today? What mm. can we experience? Yeah. I really like that. I think that's good because I think it's important for people to know that it's not possible and also often detrimental to go from hating your body to trying to love your body or forcing yourself to love your body because the reality is when you've spent most if not all of your life in one camp, you know, it's not like you can just jump to the other camp and it be good. You know, you can't jump from hot water to cold water and not expect some sort of bad reaction so I think it's important for people to know like hey you don't need to go from one extreme to the other in fact it's not good to do that instead let's start with you know what I kind of hate you sometimes but you're the body I have and I want to learn to like you I think I mean that's something we get taught at a basic level is that you can be kind to people which not everybody does but you can be kind to people without liking them and while that is hard it's not impossible and it's easier than being like, I love you. I love you all. <laughs> well, for me, I think one huge step was just changing the adjectives that I used to describe myself. Yeah. I mean, I even went so far as to like sketch my body on paper and sort of label parts in a better way than I have before. And it's amazing how when you try to describe yourself like you would in a novel or something, mm-hmm. it's amazing how the descriptors are more like soft and comforting and, mm. you know, sensual or welcoming instead of like roles and, you know, it just yeah. like, change, changing my adjectives, it, it really helped me move forward in accepting my body. I like that. My counselor heart is very happy to hear that you made a body map. I'm very, very pleased. Well, you know, my counselor told me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's true though, because I think once you change That's just true. It's just so true. Once you're able to get it on paper and say like, hey, here's how I want to be able to identify it. Even if I don't believe it right now, this is what I want to believe. I think that's really useful. Good job, Amy Pratt. Thank you. (laughs) So where would you say you are right now on your body positive journey? Because I know that, you know, it's not like things just end. I know we've spoken before about how a lot of times we have to make this decision every hour, every day to love your body or at least like your body or feel neutral about your body. So where would you say you're at today? Well, it's been about two years since I've um, sort of switched my mindset over to a more positive place. I would say I definitely have infinitely more positive body days than I ever did before, especially when I've been active. I actually am able to recognize wow, my body's really strong or I feel really balanced or graceful. You know, you're able to kind of pay attention a little bit more, mm-hmm. which I have to remember when I don't want to exercise. But, you yep. know, when I move my body, that's when I actually feel the best about my body. Yeah. I like that. But, I mean, of course, there are still days where, you know, I look in the mirror and I think, I never thought I would be here. You know, this isn't what I planned on. Um, but on those days, you have to just say, 
together. We're not we're not separated. So what can we do in gratitude to move forward, to do something loving or, you know, something specific to take care of us today? Mm. And it's weird to, to talk in plural, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also to recognize that whenever you're having a bad body day, it's really very rarely about your body. It's usually something else that's triggered you and you're placing the blame on your body Ugh. because that's what you've always done. That is so good. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for me, a lot of time it's rejection and it, it may be even the most subtle rejection. Yeah. And I'll think, like, I'll spiral into this bad body place, and then I'll think, Amy, you're, you're feeling rejection. This isn't your body's fault. This is just part of life. Mm. And so if you can take a minute to step back and think, like, whatever I'm feeling is probably not directly my body's fault. It may be. If you have sickness or, you know, a specific body injury, you know, that's valid. But at the same time, like, separating yourself from a partnership with your body is probably not going to help you. Yeah, I really like the term partnership because at the end of the day, it, it's all about that relationship. And you, it is kind of strange to feel like talking about it in, in plural or like the we, but I think so many times, especially with women, but a lot of times with men too, it is a separation. Like we do separate ourselves from our body for whatever reason. And I think it is important, as weird as it may feel, to use that partnership and talk to your body, right? Like even talk to your body which, again, I'm a counselor, so that's not weird to me, really. But I can understand how it would be weird for others. But I like the term partnership because, it, again, it implies that you can have an alliance with your body without having to love it yet. Obviously, it would be great to get to the point of loving it, but it, it's just practical. Like, anybody could do this because you can start with the most basic, like, just stop isolating your body from the rest of your self. Yeah, it's basically like calling a truce and just saying, like, let's stop fighting. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's pull together, like, what we have in common, which is we want to adventure, we want to experience beauty, you know, we want to love others. If you can, like, think of just the most basic, like, things you have in common instead of what you think, you know, your body is preventing you from doing, Ugh. it can help you move forward. That is so brilliant. I love that. So what would you say to people who maybe are just starting this or have started recently this body positive journey or are listening to this now and are like, oh, I did not know that that was me or dang, that sounds like Susie Q up the street. Like, what would you say to those people? (laughs) (laughs) I would say that um, social media can actually be one of your biggest allies in this, which is ironic because media is so skewed towards diet culture and uh, thin uh, perpetuation, you know, that that's the only way to have a good body. Yeah. Um, but the biggest and simplest change I made was to change my Instagram feed into mm. a positive place. So I stopped following all of the Fitspo, like six-week abs, drink Bless. the shake, mm-hmm. miracle wraps, Bless <laughs> everything us. that was supposed to be motivating me previously but really it was just making me feel bad about myself yeah so I I unfollowed all of those people and I just started following more diverse bodies um some of them fat hikers some fat yoga some just different races I mean just so that I wasn't seeing the same white six-pack abs over and over and over 
Yeah. Because if you look around, I mean, that's not what our world looks like. Mm. I think it's like 5% of people naturally have the body that our culture is aspiring to right now, which leaves 95% of us trying to change our bodies into something that, like, genetically, we probably can't do. Yeah. It's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Which I think is kind of how the diet culture works. They get us because there's always something more to try to obtain. Because it is impossible, we naturally are trying to obtain it more. Because as humans, we want things to make sense. We need to complete the puzzle. We want it to be obtainable things. And so if you tell us, like, in six weeks, if you do this, this, and this, you'll have these abs. You know, even though logically that's literally impossible and also not sustainable... I think as humans, our natural tendency is to be like, oh, I could totally do that. But then when you can't, or on week two, you realize how much you miss chocolate cake, then you feel shame and you like think that you're the worst and nobody's ever going to love you. You know, all these things we end up internalizing because we see these six-week abs when really it ain't going to happen. Well, and the thing is, you know, for a limited time, you can believe that you can change your body because like you said short term you know you can endure a lot but I think something I had not considered before and I've been a person who's dieted since fourth grade Mm. um every diet under the sun you know some was success some was not is that we've placed so much emphasis on the physical and calling that healthy but we've completely neglected the mental and emotional aspect of that like yeah I was at one point, I, you know, I had lost a ton of weight, but I was miserable. I, like, none of my emotional health had changed. Yeah. I wasn't eating. I was hungry. Yeah. I was, you know, just unhealthy, really. Mm-hmm. And so now, in my biggest body ever, I'm the healthiest in all aspects. Like, whole body health. Yeah. Emotional, physical. Well, and again, I think it's all about what you ingest. And so I like what you said about diversifying your Instagram, but also just your life because nothing is ever as it seems. And people are not always as happy as they seem, even if they're super fit and posting these swimsuit pictures. And I know this is something everybody says about Instagram. Everybody's always saying like, it's a highlight feed. It's not what you think, but it is super damaging if you're not careful. And it can seem... Like, not a big deal, you're scrolling, you're not paying that much attention, you're not staying that long on that picture, but it can come back for you later. Like, that stuff sticks in your head. And so I do think it's super, super important to navigate that and decide, okay, maybe I do need to unfollow so-and-so and try to instead follow, you know, it doesn't even have to be, you don't have to go to another extreme again. But I just think, like, I like chocolate cake and I want to follow food Instagram people not as an attempt to jump ship and be like I get to eat whatever I want whenever I want but in an attempt to say like this is a desire of mine and I'm not going to deprive myself out of this shame place just because everybody tells me I should well and the other great thing about Instagram is you can actually connect with people on your same journey who you might not have in your local area like I'm super fortunate to have roommates that are awesome, powerful, fat women, and so I have a great support system here, but I have some friends, other friends in Fat Girls Hiking, who are really struggling to have, you know, actual community presence around them, so, like, the internet is huge, you can connect to people 
Yeah. I've actually, you know, met up with some of them and gone on hikes and, like, people you would never meet. That's so true. Awesome. That is so true. So, if you can use Instagram wisely, it can be an awesome place. Yeah. Or any social media, for that matter. Not just Instagram. Right. <laughs> I'm not, like, being paid by Instagram. Right. <laughs> Sponsored by Instagram. <laughs> but maybe I should look into that. Yeah. There you go. So, what would you tell past Amy? Whether that's Amy two years ago who was just starting this journey or fourth grade Amy. Like, what is it that you want to say to her? Poor sweet fourth grade Amy. Bless her. I, um, <laughs> I found something I had written in fourth grade last year. And it was during the summer as all diets, you know, you're trying to change yourself in the summer so you'll be different when you go back to school. And I was saying, Amy, um, have a great summer. Be good on your diet, and everything will be different. Like, this is our year. Mm. And that just breaks my heart. I mean, no fourth grader should be thinking about that. You should be thinking about, like, what cartoons are on this Saturday morning. Yeah. And so, um, with a heavy burden like that, I would just tell her, like, somehow find a space within yourself that you know you're okay. Mm. Um, because it's not easy to get that from your surroundings if those people haven't done the work themselves. And you can't blame the people that you were surrounded with at that time because they were doing what they knew. Sure. But if you within yourself can just listen to that like tiny little voice that's saying like you're okay in whatever form you are, like follow what makes you happy, what makes you excited, what nourishes you. Yeah, yeah. I just want to hug fourth grade Amy. just want to give her a big hug. I do too. Sweet little fourth grade Amy. I know. And you know the ironic thing is like when you look back at pictures in your head, you were just so fat and you were so unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And then you look at pictures and you're like, sweet Pete, you were just a normal kid. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. But you received so many messages about how you're not enough and how you need to change to be better. And so you kind of put your life on hold until X day when you've reached X goal and you're this many pounds and then you look back and you haven't done any of the things you wanted to do so I think that's been the biggest part of my body positivity journey has been today in the body you're in now what can you do that you're passionate about that you want to do you want to hike cool let's go hike you want to travel cool let's go travel and do it on your terms in the body you have today I love that. I feel like that's going to be on everybody's mirror in their little Sharpie marker. Not Sharpie. Don't put Sharpie on your mirror. What's the word? Dry erase. <laughs> Expo marker. Expo. They just need to put that up there because that's so good. No matter what size you are, even if you don't feel like you're, quote, a fat person, I think just saying in the body that you have today, even if your body feels sluggish or if you feel depressed or if you do have an injury or if you have some sort of... I don't know, like hairy arms even, or like freckles all over your face. I think there's a thousand things people can pick apart about their body, but I think it's useful no matter what size, shape, color, whatever you are to say in the body that I have today, 
what do we want to do? I just think, again, it's about that partnership. It's about empowering yourself to be able to do things that you think maybe you can't do, but, and you don't have to go conquer the world, heaven's sakes, but you can. Maybe you're going to, like, <laughs> say hi to somebody on the street when normally you wouldn't because you feel like your yeah. hair is weird. I don't know. You know, I just think if we can just partnership, partner up with our bodies, then things would be a lot better. Absolutely. I'm with it, girl. So, what do you think is nourishing you now? Well, I have two answers. I have, like, my sweet answer, and then I have my practical answer. I'm here for it. So, my sweet answer is the the friendships and the community I have now that are embracing me as I sort of expand into whatever it is I'm expanding into. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, kind of creating a safe space. I told you before, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, those little capsules you had as a kid that yes. you put them in water and they change. Yes. I feel like my whole life I've been shoved in this tiny little capsule, trying to look like all the other little capsules, and then finally somebody put me in water, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm a giraffe. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so cool if we really were? That'd be awesome. Yeah, so for the people who are letting me expand into the giraffe, <laughs> I love this. I am incredibly nourished by that um, because, I mean, without support, what can you do? Exactly. So my other answer, uh, very practically, <laughs> is Queer Eye and RuPaul's Drag Race are love absolutely it. nourishing my soul. Like I love it. Nothing else. That's so good. I love that. Because, again, it's like people who have been told a part of themselves is shameful and that they need to change it are embracing what has made them different and it is just glorious when that is embraced and so in a way I identify with that because my whole life I've been told you should be ashamed of your body and so I was but when you kind of embrace that it just it makes you a fully like multifaceted whole person yeah and that's beautiful it is well, and I'm also remembering the times where we would sit on the couch and do commentary about different shows. So I'm loving the the imagery of you sitting and watching these shows with the roommates and commentating on it. I think that is such oh, a good imagery. 100%. <laughs> I love that. Well, Amy, I'm super proud of you, and I think it's really fun to watch you go through this journey and help others and share with others. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from what you had to say today. So I appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Thank you for the chance to actually, you know, put out into words all the things in my head. That doesn't always happen. (laughs) It's that nine. You like to marinate. I know. I love being a nine. Just stuff in my head. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I super appreciate you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. I told y'all it was good. Amy has such awesome things to say, and it has been, like I said, so fun to watch her journey through this body positivity and just really finding freedom. You know, I think life is way too short to be bound by things, especially when they're within our control to change it. So I love talking with Amy, and hopefully we'll have her back as she continues to progress in her journey and discovers new things about body positivity and about herself. So it was so fun to talk to her. 
stick around. I have a clip for our next episode that is also so packed full of wisdom. Love talking with Miss Lauren Gloin. She's coming up next um, and she just has so many good things to say. So stick around. Keep up with Be Nourished Podcast on Instagram so that you can stay up to date on everything that's going on. Okay, see you next time. There are also seasons where that is so much obedience um, yeah. to the point where